<laughs> Forgot yeah. to grab it oh. over there. We are live. No. <laughs> ah, the most professional podcast you're ever going to see in your whole life. <laughs> hey, we never claimed to be professionals. We, we did not to have fun. We had a whole technical <laughs> difficulty in that I did not even have internet on Monday. Yeah, I was like, we, we I had get past this one. <laughs> I had no idea. I got there. And it's an it was a nice place. Uh, shout out sup it's uh, sup fam three one four on uh, Instagram. Uh, it was it's a bougie ass place. I walked in, I was like, holy shit! It was so nice. It's like two levels, uh, two bedroom, two bath, uh, nice nice little yard, whatever. And it was in a cute little town um, in St. Louis. And yeah, it was nice. So then, but then, <laughs> just hanging out, you know. And then on Sunday, I was like. Do we have internet? Because we like we we literally like I got there Friday night and then Saturday we're just out and about. So I didn't I, like I didn't even think we didn't even think about it. And then Sunday I was like I should set up for you know get ready for the show. And then I was like, wait, is there internet? And just turn the TV on. Couldn't get on like Hulu and stuff like that. I just had like live TV with an antenna, <laughs> like three channels, like we were in the eighties. Um, fantastic there's like i mean (laughs) legit it was kind of a throwback because uh there were records too we had a record player we were playing like grateful dead all weekend and um yeah it was good it was a it was a fun place but we didn't have internet why no internet like just didn't offer it didn't just just didn't probably probably uh, so okay so here's the deal is that it used to be an Airbnb and then it was a rental and I think he might live there now, but I don't know. But I put out, <laughs> I put out calls like, Hey, any friendly Airbnbs? Because you know, I want to get down. And, um, he was like, yo, you could stay at my place. And I was like, what's the charge? And he was like, what do you want to pay? <laughs> I got two stories like that from St. Louis now. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I was like, I don't know, like hundred bucks a night. And he was like, cool. Uh, I will also take trade. I was like, how about three cases and three hundo? And he was like, cool. And so I left three cases of Queen Kitty Seltzer. Queen Kitty Seltzer. Hashtag pop this kitty. Put it in your mouth. Um, I left him three cases. I left him a case of each flavor, lemon kiss, bubble gum, and the plain. And uh, I got to throw him a hundred, uh, some some money in his Venmo. But but yeah. Yeah, it was a nice place. I mean, I guess it was nice not having the internet a little bit. A little bit. It also, like, I was like, damn, I'm super addicted to the internet. <laughs> You're like super drained your data. <laughs> I really want it. Um, yeah, my Why like my data. <laughs> you know what I don't understand? Somebody help me understand this. Make it make sense. How do I have unlimited data, but you limit, but you limit me? Like I have unlimited, but they're like, you're coming up on your, on your gigabytes. So your stuff, so you can do it, but it's all going to be slow as fuck right now. <laughs> so that's what it is. And every time I come up to Missouri, cause you know, it's a long ass, if I drive, it's a long ass drive. Uh, then of course I'm on, you know, I have my, my music going, maps are going, whatever uses up all that data. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, the second time, how much do you want to pay happened was actually on, um, it was on Saturday. We were out, uh, we went to this like 
uh, market that was out in this park nearby or whatever. We lost, we lost the whole car. <laughs> we lost the whole car. Listen, I'm not from St. Louis, so I don't know where the fuck you parked. It car. was just a matter of you guys didn't go far enough was really what the end. Right. We didn't go up the road far enough because, far enough. right. Because we had passed, we had passed all of the landmarks in different times during the day. So then we couldn't remember if we needed to pass that landmark for the car or if we had, you know, it's not like a pin so, the car situation. Like, I don't know. I, that's so then like, I was, that's the first thing I said, like, you got an iPhone, look on your iPhone. It, it tells you where you parked your car. And, uh, and it did not, it did not tell him where he parked his car. <laughs> Probably I guess, to I, guess I don't know. I haven't never done that, but my car and my iPhone have a special relationship, I guess, because I know where my car is parked all the time. Um, so we walked around, walked around. And then finally I was like, let's order an Uber. The, the My car is like two miles away from here. We'll, we'll jump the car. We'll follow the directions back. We'll find your car, blah, blah, blah. So that's what we were going to do. And then I got the Uber who could not follow directions for anything. I was giving him directions with the directions that I was getting from the Uber app. <laughs> was he not following a map? Himself, like, did not He's have like, the GPS. And I was like, sir, the GPS is telling you to turn left and you went straight. Like, I don't, So I canceled that. There's a cab on the road. He hails down the cab, right? And then he was like, yo, and I don't know what the conversation consisted of, but we get in the cab and we give him the address and he takes us. And when we get in the cab, I notice that he says, do you have cash? And we were like, yeah. And he was like, how far are you going? How much is this going to cost? <laughs> I, yes, you were recording that. That was, I was. And then, well, that was later. Cause I was like, this when the, what is going on? Um, <laughs> we got to the house. And he's like, how much are you going to pay me? And right. how much is it? He's like, 50, or whatever. And I, yeah. We got, we got to the house and I almost knew in my head that this was going to, because I was like, here we go. So I hit the record button on Marco Polo so I could share it with y'all. And, uh, and then, so we stop and he goes, he asks again, do you have cash? And we were like, yeah, how much is it? My, my friend's like, how much is it? And he goes, how much do you have? How much do you have? And he was like, no, how much is this cab ride? And he was like, how much do you want to pay? And he was like, sir, that is not my job. <laughs> so then he's like, $15, fine, 15. We agreed on 15. And Got then, the yeah, the whole $20 bill situation. He's like, you want change? And he's like, yes, give me yes. back $15. Like, we agreed to $15. You don't have a meter. I didn't even notice you didn't have a meter. Listen. I, I feel safe around my friend clearly because I didn't even notice that this cab didn't have a meter. And I watch entirely too much true crime to not notice shit like that. Like, did like, have y'all like, you know, had thumbs up? Like how did he have a tab? Was it a taxi cab? Like it was a whole cab. It was a whole cab. It was one of the bands. It was a whole taxi cab on the outside and on the inside for the most part. I, I just thought I couldn't see the meter. I thought, you know, but I got you. Okay. It turns out okay. there was no meter. There was no meter. Uh, you guys, I've seen the bone collector. 
I don't know why I would get in a cab with no fucking meter in it. <laughs> Other than I'm like, I trust you. You're getting in the cab. I'll get in the cab too. <laughs> if we're going to die, we're going to die together. Uh, you yeah. know, like, I guess I, uh, I, I, yes, I watch too much. Too much. Um, um, okay. <laughs> so. Too much. So yeah, but it was a good weekend. I got to see dead and company. Um, Tuesday, yesterday, and I'm in Kansas City today, and I'm going to Denver. Most likely, I'm going to stop in Denver tomorrow, and then I'll be back in Durango on Friday. Most likely. I'm tired. I know. I'm overdriving. So, this is my life. Um, What else? Uh, This is the cannabis closet, in case y'all didn't know, because we didn't tell you. Uh, This is cannabis closet. I'm Canna Queen. This is MJ. Uh, I'll go ahead and <laughs> what does this say? What's that? You almost ended up dead. <laughs> Hashtag you almost ended up dead. <laughs> well, then somebody else would have had to tell the story and I hope you tell it on Dateline. <laughs> uh, <laughs> guys, you're about to get highly educated with the Cannabis Closet podcast with Canna Queen and MJ. This is an adult content show with no limitations on subject, language or actions. Uh, opinions, views, and expressions may or may not be that of the host, their guests, and their subsidiaries. If you aren't sure, don't worry. We will tell you, or you can just take a good look at our faces. They'll probably tell you first. It is time to get this session started. So thanks for rolling up and showing up, and I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, I did it. Uh, We have an amazing guest today. Who's on, uh, where, first of all, is everybody in the comments? Say hello if you're in the comments, because y'all know we can't see you on Twitch and I think YouTube. I can't, we can't see your numbers. We see the numbers on Facebook. Oh, I have a little error from the Twitch uh, uh, comment box, so I'm not sure there. Um, I don't have an error from the Twitch comment box, so maybe, I don't know. There, Could there- be the technical difficulties that we have not had yet. Uh Hey, welcome. Glad you're here. Um, do y'all do y'all watch? Do y'all, are y'all on TikTok? Is what I want to know. Who's on TikTok in here? I'm I'm on TikTok. Um, not not very successfully, but whatever. I'm there. Um, I watch TikToks. You I, watch the TikToks. We don't. We're we we fail at making them for any of our companies. Uh, there's so much going on. Listen, I got you should be. them and then I got shut down. Like right when I got well, it's because the groove of understanding how to do it. They're like, nah, I was like, I can't. Yeah. So, so there's a lot going on on TikTok. Uh, there, they shut us down uh, almost immediately. The second they see, even when we use their filters, they have smoke filters and we use those filters and they're like, that's not what that's for. And then they like, take it down. Uh, you can't, you can't smoke on camera. You can't, uh, even light a torch off camera. Unless you're uh, a reputable. Unless you have a blue check mark. That's true. You can do it if you're Snoop Dogg, uh, or Seth Rogen. Right. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, we don't, we don't have the easiest time as, uh, cannabis content creators, if you will, or cannabis advertisers. Uh, but our guest today, I don't know. I haven't actually asked him this question, but, um, 
our guest today is very successful, in my opinion, on TikTok. I absolutely love all of his content that he comes out with. He's a, a, a fierce, fierce protector of others. Uh, I, I just, I can't imagine a better ally. Um, I've, you know, some of his videos has made me be like, oh, wait, no, no, you, you're right about that. Like, I didn't even think about how, like, shitty that is, you know? Right. So, um, and my favorite part about him is that uh, there, there's lots. Uh, but my favorite part is the is the bathtub full of bacon. Uh, so well, let's uh, go ahead and bring him on in and we'll, bring him in. Yeah, Adam. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am doing well. This is bacon. <laughs> yes, that's right. This is bacon. Um, this bacon. Is that a real picture? It is a real picture. So you were that real, and that's real bacon. All that bacon. Well, in the- it was real bacon. Yes, I, I wanted. I got a, ba- a bathtub for backyard boudoir photo shoots, and I, before I asked any models to do it, I was like, I have to do something with it that'll be different than anybody's ever done before. So I was like, I, I wanted to do like those milk bath photo shoots that women do, like where they're like floating in the milk, the flowers and all serene. Yes. But I was like, I got to do, I got to do with bacon. So I went to a restaurant supply store and bought every single piece of pre-cooked bacon that they owned. It was a thousand pieces and uh, then set it all up and, uh, and the rest was history. Um, I'm going to ask a personal question about that bathtub full of bacon. Uh, were were there sim- swim trunks involved, or was this? Oh no, I, I got bare ass naked and just stopped in the tub, and <laughs> I had my friend, my best friend, came in and filled us, filled me up with uh, bacon, all you know, covering it and doing all the coverage and making sure everything looked good. Um, I love that as well. Uh, <laughs> what happened to the bacon after? Yes, was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. After after two hours of soaking it in the Florida sun, um, yeah, we took it and uh, I I had a little swamp behind my house uh, where there was a gator in the in the swamp, and so I I dumped it on the on the beach of the swamp, and the next morning it was all gone. So I'm assuming okay. that the alligator must have eaten it. That's yeah. okay. That's excellent. Uh, um, um, I was like, I hope it didn't go to waste, but also I hope nobody ate that. Right. Or no, maybe and, they and, wanted to. I mean, it was also it was restaurant supply uh, bacon, like the the the, the really shitty pre cooked bacon that you get. Oh yeah. So like going to waste wouldn't like I, I think I think even someone who was homeless would have turned their nose up at like pre cooked. Yeah, bacon. like, like it's, it's that it's that terrible bacon, no. but, uh, but the Gatorade. Part, it. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, that doesn't sound good at all. Um, it sounds kind of scratchy, actually. Uh. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Um, so you end all of your videos with a uh, picture and this is bacon. Um, yeah. So one of the things that attracted me to your page is uh, because you're such a, a fierce ally of others. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I'm just curious, how did you, um, you I, did you start on other platforms first? Uh, how did you um, get into TikTok and, and, and what made you choose this as your uh as as your platform as 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 what the content that you were going to put out 
I started with the, with the podcast that I have, Dating Kind of Sucks, that we've been doing for about five years. And then my co-host, uh, who's a little bit younger, she's full into TikTok, and she's like, we got to try you know, try this for the podcast. And so we tried one, and we got banned almost immediately. Yeah. Because we, were, we just didn't know what we were doing. We were talking about, like I think, sex a little too frankly and things like that. Yeah. And so then I decided to just try doing my own content. And um, one day, just put up a thing that said, hey, I have a podcast, and I'd be happy to answer any questions about about dating or relationships anything like that. And so I got inundated with questions and started answering them. And as I started to do that, I started to get people sending me videos of shitty men. Hey, how do you, how would you respond to this? Or how do you feel about this? And so it just kind of organically happened and it wasn't originally my goal. I didn't know what I wanted to do on TikTok, except I was originally trying to promote the podcast, but then I was like, Oh no, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of need to, to explain misogyny and to discuss, you know, shitty men and, and then, you know, and then having been a shitty man for many years, uh, like, you know, I've, I've seen it all, I've done it all. And so like, I'm at a point now where I'm, I'm on the opposite side of it. And, and I know how important it is to call out even the subtlest of, of, you know, of misogyny. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is just more proof of what we say every day. Listen, did you hear the accountability Men are trash, you guys. <laughs> and sometimes they get better and realize this is trash. And sometimes they don't. And those are the people that you, I wouldn't want to, I don't want to say target. Cause I feel like a lot of people send you this, uh, the, these yeah. Uh, people. Yeah. Um, and one of the ones that uh, caught my attention more recently is actually a really popular TikToker. Um, he does like comedy and stuff, but you kind of called him out on friend zone on his that, friend that zone. Rahul idiot guy. That one? Yeah. He's a fucking moron. Yeah. 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 So you called him out on his friend zone, uh, uh, video. He did a video like, um, how do you get friend zoned or something like that? Or how do you know your friend zone? How do you know your friend zone? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you, you responded to that video um, which I thank you for that. Um, and, yeah, and you know, crazy, I grew up in the eighties and nineties. So this is like a common concept, but it is something like, as I get older, I'm like, well, wait a minute. I did just, I just thought we were friends. And then like, you have, like, you want to be sexual with me or you want like to get in my pants or you want to date me or whatever, mm. which I know feelings happen. We're not talking about that. I don't think. I think we're talking about like genuinely not being somebody's friend without, you know, expecting it to go further. Well, I, I think anytime anyone uses the phrase friend zone, they're already showing that they had ulterior motives. Because right. if it was a genuine friendship, they would say, oh, well, yeah, we were friends. I, I developed feelings for her. When I told her, she said no, but I still respect our friendship, so that's it. And that, that, that's what a healthy, emotionally intelligent person would do. But when someone whines about, oh, I'm in the friend zone now, or you know, I got friend zoned, it means that they were trying to somehow date somebody or have sex with them and they were they wouldn't either either they told her and she said no and they decided oh i'm just gonna pretend to be her friend until she changes her mind right. or they didn't tell her and they're just trying to like insidiously eventually hope that she like lets them have sex with her yeah. and so neither of those are, are reasonable or appropriate they're both manipulation 
Um, and, and so the, this whole concept of the friend zone we need to get rid of, it's either a friend or it's not. It's somebody who's just not a good person. Right. Uh, I totally agree. I spent a lot of time uh, friend zoning people in the Navy. So I told <laughs> Right. <laughs> Like it's, it's a rough, it's, yeah, it's a man's world in the Navy for sure. Um, so uh, do mostly, I feel like mostly women reach out to you to let you know that these like sleaze balls exist um, uh, and maybe uh, share videos. But uh, do, do you get men that come to you and like, man, I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing wrong. <laughs> like, we, we do. And, and some of that comes through the podcast as well. And we have like a Facebook group where people can ask advice. And there's a there's a decent amount of men in there that ask advice and are, are reasonable and want to learn and grow. And I do get messages from people who uh, who are, you know, men or male presenting that want to want to learn. Uh, yeah, my and my F, my FYP is not it's it's not that content. I don't see I, I usually see like people who do feminist content, I see a lot, you know, them. So sometimes I'll see them stitch someone shitty. And then yeah. I see like, I like, I like weird trivia. So I have like a lot of weird trivia accounts that I follow that are like, did you know this about this sign? You know, whatever. And then like redheads dancing, like those are my three categories. That somehow <laughs> those are the three things I see. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that, Red, that's, that's so specific. Isn't that very specific? Yeah. But that's like, that's, that's all I see. Uh, so yes, people DM me all the time, but it's really interesting to say that yesterday I actually got a message. I did a video on this guy, Oh, this really shitty, you know, of course his, his username is something like Wolfpack or Alpha Wolf or whatever stupid bullshit that these guys uh, think, you know, think is important. To put so he's an incel. Well, <laughs> except he's married and his wife asks him these questions and he goes, oh, well, let me tell, talk about this. And and he was talking about the fact that um, women should, you know, you should you should give up your boundaries when you're with a person who says they love you, like you shouldn't have, you should never, you know, have to say no to sex with someone that, that is, that says that they love you. And then, you know, yeah, basically saying that you don't have the right to say no. And if you're married to somebody, yeah, absolute bullshit. Um, so we talked about coercion and, and everything like that in the video and calling him out for, for, you know, that nonsense. And I had a friend uh, or a follower just message me and say, Hey, listen, I wanted to thank you for this because wife and I are actually going through a rough spot. It's been, it's been like seven months and we really haven't been very intimate. And, Every time I start to feel like maybe I could kind of like guilt trip her into it or anything like that, I've been listening to you and I realize that maybe we should start talking about what's what's wrong. What am I doing? Is there anything I'm not doing right now that makes her feel like she's not like I'm not she's not doesn't have respect for me? Or is there something going on like in her life that that, that I don't know about that's affecting her confidence or whatever, her feeling of sexiness? And he's like, so we've been focusing on that. And that's actually been very helpful. So I just want to thank you. So there like it was a good it was good to hear from a from a man actually saying, Hey, I learned something because a lot of these men get so defensive at the slightest hint of anything. At the slightest. It's yeah. in the comments every time. Oh, they they right. they blow they blow their lids and then don't understand why people call them toxic or right. you know personally, like literally like they're like pet mad that it is them. And it's like yeah. do something about it if it means they're they're the same ones that are like not all men. But then, like, why are you defending it then? Right. Because I've never felt if when I see someone say, hey, men do this or men do that, I've never immediately felt, oh, my God, I have to defend men. It's right. never been like it's just like, no, obviously, that's not I don't do that. It's not referring to me. She's whoever's saying that is obviously referring to a specific group of people that do that. Why do I why do I have to get all defensive? And it's it's such right. a it's such a telling thing. It's obvious projection uh, and when they get defensive about it. Um, white ladies, listen up. We talking to you too. <laughs> oh, that, absolutely, absolutely. So, so that was an interesting thing. Was I had a 
I had a, a, a conversation about um, biphobia, like being you know phobic of someone who's bisexual. Oh yes, let's talk about that. Yes, and trans and transphobia, and I had a lot of you know a lot of my listeners are mostly women, or at least uh, you know female presenting um and i would say a lot of white uh, white women i do have some a lot of uh, you know followers of color but a lot of them are, are white and they did not like me saying that if you wouldn't date somebody just because they're trans that you're transphobic they they did they despise that idea and there was a lot of women that were getting very upset who were followers and anytime i'd say anything against a man like hey like say men this is this is shitty behavior. You both don't get defensive. You need to learn from this. That right. they're all on board, and then as soon as they say something that affects them personally, they're like, "Oh no, I don't like that at all." Like that's 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 not true. That's just a preference. And they got really upset and really, you know, and and um, it was very telling. And it was something the first time that it happened to me. Right. Um, I don't think so. Um, I am polyamorous, and I actually just started this journey a, a couple years ago, um, but. I just think that a lot of people just live in this bubble of uh, cis monogamy Mm -hmm. that anything outside of that bubble seems uh, like you. It's okay if you do it, but don't accuse me of being uh, phobic if I don't do it. You know what I'm saying? And so because they live in this bubble of like this really structured um idea of what your romantic relationships should look like so like for me i get a lot i get a lot of people thinking that it's just about sex that it it just opens me up to be able to like cheat freely or whatever and that's like totally not what i'm about it's not that everybody that likes you you should like them and then everybody, yeah, yes. like it's a it's yes. a big it's a big orgy over here in polyamory world. <clears throat> it is it is not. It is in fact not a big orgy. <laughs> Sounds fun, not happening. Uh, at least not not for me. I mean, other people might have a different um, definition of what their relationships look like, but I feel like um, a lot of what you put out and creators like you put out is um, is that kind of. Uh, challenge it's a challenge mm-hmm. to think mm-hmm. outside of your monogamous cis gender world it's a challenge i think that you know and the same goes not just for polyamory but for like someone who's bi or pan they think that means that someone who's you know who, who's in, in has a is bisexual is gonna just fuck everybody which always not the truth you know not the case or, or you're uh, not bisexual if you're if you're a woman with a man right then you, you're yeah, then you're cis like no i'm just i'm in a, a heteronormative relationship but like i i like other mm-hmm. yeah and, and i understand that nobody likes being told hey this is like you know this is systemic like systemically racist or this is systemically transphobic um but it was the same kind of thing it's like it's something you have to work on because it's it's inherent it's not something that you're consciously doing but like if you for example if you say well i would never i don't i don't date black men like if you say that that's systemically racist and it's not it doesn't mean you're a racist it doesn't mean you it just means that's a systemically racist like thing that we have inside us that we have to work through because i can tell you you haven't seen every black man on earth you don't know every single black black man and so what you're relying on are systemic biases and inherent inherent you know tropes and stereotypes and that's what's making you say that and so it get, but I understand why people get defensive because like, well, I'm not right. You know, I'm not racist. I know, my best friends are black, you know, and they just, it's ridiculous nonsense like that. Yes. So it can be hard when you're told something and that's what men get told a lot. Hey, 
this is misogynistic. You have male privilege. You're inherently misogynistic. And they get defensive at this. And I understand why, but they have to work through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's scary being a part of a group of people who have poor examples <laughs> uh, publicly. Uh, speaking as a white woman, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Sometimes I've even, listen, you guys, we've talked about this. I've grown up a lot over the years, like a lot. My twenties looked way different. My mindset isn't different. I still believed in protecting humans and making sure that humans, um, got their needs met, but also I grew up in the eighties. We had three channels. They all showed the same shit. And it was like, uh, poor black neighborhoods. They were shooting each other and they were robbing each other. And they're, they're bad. They're inherently bad because they live in these neighborhoods and they look how they look and they're dangerous. And like, this is what we were told in the eighties, you know, and then I lived in the South. Okay. So, so compile that. Um, I never believed anybody was, bad but also i lived in this bubble where i learned things that i had to unlearn when i got out of that bubble and i got the fuck out of that bubble and we learned Um, about uh and we learned about sexual relationships from cosmopolitan and white magazines and uh you know and so it's not like so the the movement and everything and now i'm sure things have changed i don't read magazines like that anymore it hasn't those those magazines still say the same shit you know, but um, I, I think that you know, having social media, you know, this is it's a different world now. You know, in terms of learning, you know, the capability to learn um, about. You know, I, I just even having Josue on and the cakes that he does and the education he does just by presenting the different um, pride flags and saying this is what this is about and learn about mm-hmm. who these, you know, who these people are and uh, you know what love is. You know, love is love and. Um, I think that that's, uh, you know, I don't know, awesome that you have this message to, you know, help people to just say, like, we can. Do you think the change in, because um, older people are general, I mean, there are some young people too, but older people, generally speaking, are the ones that uh, are being more called out for these behaviors and things. And I've been noticing that like young millennials and uh, the Gen Z are like, uh, we're not putting up with this shit anymore. Um, yeah. Do you think that, that your messages are well received because of that type of, you know, like the TikTok audiences tends to be younger too, but um, just generally speaking, but I think well, do you think that um, that the people are just ready to accept that message that no more bullshit? I think people are fed up. I think that, uh, you know, as as you said earlier too, MJ, the, the social media has made it available so that people have more information available to them so they can learn and grow. And, and you can learn. You also get exposed to a lot of different perspectives that you might not have seen otherwise. And so I think we're, we're, you know, that's a good thing. And it allows us to, to realize, oh yeah, maybe this is something, something that I said in this insular group or with like, with my friends that, uh, you know, we're all the same as I was, wouldn't be okay now because I thought it was okay because I just, I didn't know any better and it just never occurred to me. And now I have the social ability to, to have the ability to, to, to learn. Um, and I think that there, there are a lot of older men and women that, that are, you know, very problematic 
because they just get set in their ways and they don't want to learn. But then I do find plenty of older creators that like that have taken the time to learn. And so it's possible. Um, I'm more worried about this, like this small, and I don't think it's a large portion of the like under 20 group that are maybe like 20, like maybe like 17 to 25 uh, group of like white men that are all like basically Hitler's youth again that are out there spilling their shit and, and Mm -hmm. trying to promote some of these things. And then there's this group of like, toxic ass dating coaches for men that are all about how to manipulate women, how to use them, why women don't have accountability. Um, and then there's that third group of whiny men. You can basically smell their unwashed ass from here that you, that are all men's rights activists. You know, the ones that all think that men's men's rights are at war and that, you know, any, any type of accountability is, is a depression to them. And the idea of someone else being equal to them is also oppression of them. So they just they want so desperately to be victims that they are going to try so hard to be just these like pathetic, just pieces of shit and and just victimize themselves because they just want to feel special again in their in their sad little lives. Right. Um, I agree with everything. Sorry to mean to rant there. I just uh, that's no, not really I, 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 do. I love it. Um, <laughs> What is what do you think is one of the worst behaviors that you've called out or like highlighted? Well, I think the, the worst behavior is when someone's not like I think it's, it's basically people who are so stuck in their ways that they're not even willing to even have a genuine conversation. It's the disingenuous natures of it because a lot of it is that they, anytime you have a statistic or an actual report for them, they use whataboutism or there's, they go to a straw man argument and they're not willing to actually ever face any type of reality. And I think that's the worst thing to do because it just shows ignorance. When someone actually like asks a question and then they respond like in a thoughtful way, I appreciate it because I'm like, oh, this person actually is trying to learn. Even if they might disagree, at least maybe it'll, it'll stick in their head a little bit. Um, but, but I think one of the more insidious things we do is, you know, like rape culture is that there's a pyramid basically of activities that are all considered rape culture. And it's the lower level that we tend to accept as a society as being okay. And these are things like making jokes about domestic abuse and, and things like that, like, you know, just like little things that are, that are very subtle because they're not actually, they're not doing it. They're not, you know, you're not actually doing anything. But when we accept those and we, you know, say, oh, society thinks that's okay, then it's easy to move up to the next step and the next step and, and start, you know, start um, eliminating boundaries and start, um, you know, it just basically being approving of violence against women. And that's where it becomes an issue. So, like, I really pick at the, the lower rung, rung of this, like, rape culture pyramid and, like, the rape jokes and the domestic violence jokes and call those out aggressively because if we can stop it there and we can call out the behavior there then that makes a more lasting change like uh, that goes up the pyramid right um this is what we like to see is because we always say that you know we could say something about it and we do we do say something about it but honestly if you don't talk to your friends when they're doing these things then they're not going to, they don't, they obviously have zero respect for others. So, Mm -hmm. so it takes somebody like them to say, Hey, that's not, that's not okay. That's, and that's the most important thing is, is what men can do is, is call it out in private. And because calling out in public is important, but the calling out in private, calling it out when someone says something, hey, that's not really let's let's not do that or we don't do that anymore. Like we're better than that is is very important because there's 
it's and a lot of men get, don't understand this too. It's not that every man is bad and every man who stands around and doesn't do anything is somehow a rapist and a you know that's not not the situation. There's a lot of men who are just quiet and they right. are just trying to just get by by being neutral. But when you have a society that's systemically misogynistic and patriarchal, being neutral is bad. You can't be neutral. You have to be proactive. And so the more men that will speak up in private against behavior will also inspire these neutral men to agree and say, yeah, you know what? I agree with him. I'm also not okay with this. I just didn't say anything earlier. I'm sorry. You know, like, and so that's actually who I'm trying to speak to a lot with my audience is it's not the guy that I'm stitching. I usually block the block them anyways, because they're just going to whine about it. They're going to try to report me for bullying them or whatever. So I'm not trying to engage with them because they're obviously, you know, they're, they're putting this content out there. They believe what they're saying. But it's the people who are watching me who are quiet. It's the ones who are neutral. Those are the people that I want to encourage to try to speak up against it. And I've seen that happen. I've seen new accounts pop up where, you know, they'll tag me in some of their videos because they're trying to like, hey, how did I do with this? Or, you know, did I is this was this the right way to do this? And so that's really the uh, the important thing that men can do is to speak up. Um, We have a question. Um, Well, it's kind of a question, but. Um, this person says I'm a victim of abuse and sometimes I find those types of jokes funny. Um, it's kind of a question being, I guess, asked is like, is there a line in, I guess, in those types of jokes that where something could be acceptable? I know as a person who is also a victim of abuse that I deal with a lot of things through humor um when i was younger i definitely made little stupid jokes that were violent in nature about abuse sure um for me i think it was a a something i did as like to protect myself from other people you can't make fun of me because i already make fun of myself right um what what do you think about about uh you know like that, that as a from a from a woman's perspective i mean i'm asking a man you guys i'm asking a man <laughs> what he thinks about this but um no but i'm i mean you know i kind of understand where this um mm-hmm. person is coming from but also like i agree that there's sh- maybe there isn't a fine line there um Here's it's actually it's actually not it's not that complicated. I mean, the dark humor, the concept of dark humor. What you'll find is you're going to find like edge lords who be like, oh, well, it's just dark humor. You know, anything can be funny, and and they're making jokes at someone else's expense. They're making jokes about an oppressed or marginalized group, about about someone experiencing abuse or or violence or or rape, and they're thinking that that's dark humor. That's not dark humor. That's just punching down. It's it's easy. It's the easy. You know, it's just it's it's low low hanging fruit someone finding that funny because they've had abuse and that's how they deal with it. That's dark humor, like dark, what dark humor is. And that's a healthy way to deal with, with tragedy and and trauma in our lives. It's people who make jokes at their own expense or laugh at jokes that are somehow, you know, that, that resonate with them. Right. Because of things that have happened to them. And that's perfectly acceptable. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong to like laugh at them because you're like, that's, that's how I deal with it is I would make a joke about it. Yeah. But at the same time, you can understand that the person who's making the joke they might not have the intention of this is not how they deal with trauma. They're just being a shitty human being. Right. And so those two things could be exact truth at the same time. And they could, they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. I, that's, that's like literally the perfect answer. Cause that's, yeah, you're like, you're not really 
um, making fun of others or, or laughing at somebody else's expense. You're laughing to heal. You're laughing mm-hmm. to protect yourself. Um, so yeah. Um, there's also that, that those instances too, we'll see of like women who are being, um, stalked or having, having uncomfortable situations with a man where they'll laugh, um, out of a tone policing because you know, women have been told their entire lives to tone police themselves, to stay quiet, to, to be polite, don't be rude. And so they'll laugh at things that they're just trying to laugh to survive because they want to survive the encounter, the interaction with this person and get away. And that's, that's another type of laughter too. Yeah, that's true. Um, so the other question is, how could we possibly vet whether people have had those experiences? You can't. You can't unless they tell you. You don't know if somebody else has had that experience. And I think that's the point is that's why those jokes are shitty. Because you don't. And, right. and, and they also promote that type of culture, like that type of behavior. If you're if we're laughing about it, then it must be OK to, to behave that way. Well, yeah, because, I mean, like I said, if it's a cis white male joking about a woman being raped, he's not talking about his experiences unless he unless he rapes somebody. And and so, like, he he's not he's not using dark humor. He's he's be trying to be an edgelord. And so that's that's the difference is that someone who, you know, if, if a woman tells a joke about her traumatic experience and how she, you know, like a lot of, fem- you know, women comedians are fantastic at turning the like dark experiences into humor, then we can tell like you can really tell because yeah. there's an honesty to it. But if it's right. just a stupid one-liner joke that's been around since the 1950s, it's just had a you know different ten different iterations since then. Right. It's just someone being an edge lord and they're a piece of shit. Yeah, agreed. Agreed on that. Yeah. So and then like like it's not the per it's not the person who's laughing at the joke that we're talking about. We're talking about the person telling the joke and yeah. So and uh, yeah. So I have heard some female comedians. I mean, comedians in general, <clears throat> most of them are come from some trauma. That's where a lot of our comedy comes from. And they use that trauma to um, to, first of all, build their career. But also, like, you know, it's, it's a healing process, joking. I've done some stand up myself because it's like very healing. And it's fun to make other people laugh. Um, but you're right. There's a way that it's done that is not promoting that culture. Um but rather uh, giving some power to the, to the person who experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's very true. I mean, I, I did stand up for 10 years. Uh, I've taken a break over since the pandemic, but I, I toured the country doing, doing comedy. And, um, and it, it really was, you know, something where my, like my material, I, there's some jokes I wouldn't do anymore because I'm like, I just, now I don't really feel good about them. Cause like over time I kind of started to feel like maybe I was just making fun of, a group of people, even though it wasn't my intention, and but 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 a lot of my material is about me, is making you know like like I, I'm a fat guy, so I talk about weight and weight problems and things like that, and dating issues and and all that, and it is a way to process your trauma. It's just a kind of therapy in some ways. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm I'm gonna ask. Uh, I, I actually um, I feel like we skipped around on this, but I actually want to go back to the. Sure um to the uh dating uh individuals um trans uh being transphobic yeah uh and etc um how does so so for the person asked for me i'm like i if i'm attracted to you i'm attracted to you you know like i don't care about anything else um, generally I'm in, um, heteronormative relationships, but I'm like, I'm attracted to others, uh, full, 
fully mm-hmm. like all day. Sure. Um, but how do we differentiate from, you know, just general attraction as that being the preference and, um, and phobia. being, being phobic. Yeah. The, the way that I, I try to say it is that we're not attracted to genitals. Like, you know, like, yes, you, you know, I mean, I'm sure that like, you see a dick, you're like, Oh, that's a nice dick. I mean, that happens obviously. I mean, everybody's seen a nice dick occasionally, but you're yeah. not attracted just generally to genitals. Right. And what you are attracted to is people. And the, the way that I, I like to describe it is if you met somebody, you're out at a bar, you met somebody, and I usually tell this to men because they're the most, you know, they're the most obnoxious about it. You know, you meet a beautiful woman, you guys get along, it's amazing, you talk, like she likes all the same things you do, like you dance, so you make out, uh, she, you know, you give her your number, you start talking, and then you talk on the phone, she goes out of town for a week, you spend a week talking every single night, and you're just like, wow, I, like, I really like this person. She comes back into town, you go out to dinner, it's amazing, and you're just like, I, this is somebody I could see myself being with, and then she says, hey, by the way, I'm trans. Right. Do you immediately lose that attraction? Like, no, of course not. The only way you would immediately lose that attraction is if you have some weird irrational fear is the fact that, oh, my God, she either has a penis or she might have had a penis at some point. Maybe she doesn't even now, you know, like whatever, that whatever is between her legs somehow changes how you feel pheromone, like through pheromones, through your emotions, through your feelings, through your words, like everything about you is telling you that you like her. And if all of a sudden you decide I am no longer attracted to her because of that, you're transphobic. If, If you're if your sole reason for not liking somebody is because of their sexual orientation, their race, or their cis trans status. That's your sole reason. Then that is a phobia. And people will argue too, and that's why I want to say this too: that phobia means well, it means a fear. And I and I went through the whole definition, and, and I'll do it briefly. But phobia doesn't just mean a fear; it also means as someone who's trying to like an irrational dislike of. And so, if you have an irrational dislike, or you're trying to obviously just you know stay away from somebody because of that, that is the same thing as a phobia. Phobia doesn't necessarily mean you're terrified of it; it means that you rationally uh, want to distance yourself from it too. Right. Got you. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, I feel like that's the perfect way to explain that. Um, you know, we like as far as. You're, we're not talking about sex in that in that situation. First of all, I don't feel like right. when we're talking because when we talk about well, what about gay people? What about lesbians? Right? They're lesbians don't want to date men. Does that mean that they have? They should. <laughs> but does that mean that they have a phobia about men? No. It just means that they literally love having sex with women. And they right. know that. Well, right. Like, cause you're, I mean, our sexual orientation is ingrained us, who we are, like who we like, right. that's not, but, but if we're excluding someone based on a specific status, that's a little different. Right. right. Uh, so, so like if, so, so if like a let, for example, a lesbian woman met another woman and they were going out and they were having a good time, same scenario. And she found out that this woman that she's dating is actually a trans woman, still woman. But then because of that, she backs out of the relationship. She is also transphobic. If that's the exclu- if that's the only if reason, that's she would the be reason you're excluded. Exactly. A lot of what we need to also like unpack about ourselves about society is how we define sex, and I think younger generations are changing how sex is defined. Because, oh yes, thank you, younger generations. Yes, because sex used to be this fact, and it's just so stupid. But and this this is a whole example of how the patriarch, why the patriarch, anytime anyone tries to fight against the patriarchy, it's the dick is somehow magical. 
You know, that's that's what that's what sex used to be. It somehow bestows magical properties that, that turn, that turn a, yeah, well, yeah, but it turns a girl into a woman. You know, like it's, like the dick somehow makes a, a virgin into a she's a woman now. You know, and so like this concept of virginity, which is also a, a fake concept, and so like nowadays, um, like so my my co-host for dating kind of sucks. We were talking about this because she would never have intercourse with 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 men. She'd go on dates, but she would give them oral, and I was like, "You're still having sex with them. That is still a sexual activity is. that is as intimate." As having intercourse, and yes. nowadays with all the, all the different you know people who of same genders and and multiple genders and cis and trans people, sex involves a lot more. Sometimes it's just you know it's two people just with each other in, in an intimate situation, and so if we can stop looking at sex as thirty seconds of thrusting, sweating on your chest, you know sweating on your forehead, then asking if you came, um, which is you know that's not Please, sex. First of all, if that's your resume. You are not getting hired for this job, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> how many men? That's what they. That's what they. That's what they're looking for. That's exactly. they're, they're looking, and that's what they call sex. And if they can get get past that and realize sex is mutual interest and mutual uh, enjoyment for for both mutual orgasms, etc., then maybe uh, they can start get over the the trans out the transphobia aspect of it. Yeah, I feel like I had another question that I was going to ask, and what was it? It had to do with the same. The lesbian um, and a trans woman? Um, no, I lost it all together. I lost it all together. It went away. Well, I will say there is one exception to this whole thing, too. And that oh, is. Oh, yes. Please tell us. If anybody doesn't want to date a straight white man, that's not phobic because it's not irrational. Because it's actually irrational to be to try to stay away from straight white men. Like because they dangerous. are dangerous. Yeah. They're 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 statistically dangerous. And so mm-hmm. to to if you're like I don't date straight white men because I just, you know, I only date men who are queer, I only date or I only date men of you know men of color. I just I can't, you know, that's that's a that's actually rational. It's rational yeah. because they are generally the most dangerous type of person on the planet. Generally speaking. Um uh, damn. Uh, I keep thinking about the Rick and Morty episode. I am running for president on the Rick and Morty platform. I promise you that we send, um, I would say, um, cis males, but we could have the discussion. <laughs> uh, but we send all men to another planet and then just send a robot robot up there to grab the procreation materials necessary, bring it back down. Yep. And Gazorp <laughs> Azorp. Yep. I mean, yes, thank you. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I'm for that. So I'm glad that you clarified that too, because, um, I have been having this whole conversation. I'm not a scientist. You guys know that already. Um, but is there something in the, um, cis white males DNA that makes him, um, and I, I, it has to do with nature a little bit too, because it's really a thing in America really badly, but it happens all over the world where cis white men happen to just be the most dangerous animal on the planet. And I'm wondering if there's something in that's different, like mm. biologically speaking. Well, my theory, and it's not just cis white men, but it's straight men in general of all, all colors and persuasions um, and not just and, and straight cis men. Uh, the straightness is a big part of it because of toxic masculinity. Because sexuality is a spectrum. It's a very broad spectrum. And if people were actually honest with themselves 
and were not worried about society, not worried about what anyone else would think, but genuinely honest with themselves, they would it, they would find out that they are somewhere on a scale, and they're right. not a hundred percent straight or hundred percent gay. I think very few people are a hundred percent straight or a hundred percent gay. Um, even you know, and so there's there's this wide spectrum. So anyone who insists that they're straight already is giving into that toxic masculinity a little bit. Yeah, because they and then so once they're giving into that, they're saying, well, this is what men do. You know, men, men are stoic and men, men, you know, men aren't gay. You don't do gay things. You know, you do manly things. Men drink whiskey. Men don't drink fruity drinks. You know, um, men know how to fix things. Men don't show emotions except when we get angry and punch holes in walls. You know, like they have all this like conflicting toxic masculinity. And then because they they can't even express how they actually feel about humanity and about other people, it boils down to this this projection of hatred it's all self-hatred and then that it is in danger to women and a danger to everybody else so it all boils down to them being straight so i think if every man out there just sucked a dick occasionally and then it'd probably solve all the world's problems challenge gentlemen challenge, challenge. Not that bad. It's not just, that bad. just 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 try it just once y'all had those um you know when the ice cream truck comes by and you grab yeah, it push, like, push pop yeah a little push pop that's listen <laughs> Or, or you can get the uh, the one that looks like a spaceship, you know, yeah. for a more narrow <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. But I really think that it is all just about them having this inherent um, homo, like just just hating themselves and ha- hating hating who they might be, and so they project that out of the world. And and you'll you'll see so many men that like are straight and manly men, and all of a sudden come out as gay and like leave their wives and all this and leave their whole family behind because they don't feel like they're real men anymore. So yeah. then they're gay and they're still subscribing to toxic masculinity, which is just it's about weird. as stupid as you can get. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I know what I was gonna say earlier, and it was uh, I want I I wish I wish that uh, I didn't I wish I didn't grow up straight. I wish I didn't grow up straight. And the reason I wish I didn't grow up straight is because not because of, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that that wasn't one of the challenges that I hurdles I had to leap. Um, my mother wouldn't have cared, but we have other family members that probably would have given me some kind of rough time about it, but I wish I hadn't grown up straight, uh, for me now for, for older me for the, for future me, because, I feel like in the LBGTQ community plus community, um, there's so much openness to sexuality. There's so much openness to exploring uh, differences and exploring um, like even even down to like the idea of polyamory the idea of not having just one partner the you know and and being safe about it of course but like but like i wish i i'm i'm learning to embrace more of of myself now as i get older and more confident but i but i feel like you know just being uh kind of in circles with individuals of that community, I feel like, man, I was always so envious of how free it always felt, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and their stories were fucking wild. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking hot. Like why, you know, but, but we live in this, like this cube when 
I, I don't know. Str- straight feels boring almost. Not every you guys. You guys are not boring. I'm not calling you boring. But what I'm saying is, is like there's this. It's like it's like when I lived in Greece after having lived in America my whole life, and like we're prudes here, y'all. <laughs> straight prudes. Oh yeah. You know, and so it's kind of like that for me. So I'm glad that. Uh, definitions of romantic relationships are changing Mm -hmm. and that there's not a one size fits all, uh, uh, societal model anymore. Um, I really, I really love that. Um, it, it, if I feel like I have more freedom to be who I need to be as an, an adult woman. Absolutely. And as long as we don't start going back to the, Old, you know, the dark ages and the next, yeah, uh, Handmaid's yeah, Handmaid's Tale life. But um, I know I, I agree, and I think it is good. I think it's more freeing in some ways. They they did have more freeing lives at the same time. It was also harder for them too. Yeah. But being straight, honestly, because I think most people aren't 100 percent straight. Very few people are. It can be harder as, as someone who's straight, who like because it's 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 more uptight because they have to constantly like be vigilant for. Oh my god, I can't have a thought that might be not straight. Oh my god, what's going to happen? You know, and so they have to hold on to that and like it's it's like having a secret and you're like you just, if you just let it out and you just be yourself life is so much easier i agreed for me it's um <laughs> we i feel like i get to embrace the little bit of sluttiness that i that i love about right, me right. like i'm I, you know like i get to embrace it like yeah i'm an ethical slut so i get to like embrace that and then uh, and then lo- and then love to as much capacity as I want. And I feel like that's what it is for me. And I love that uh, that I'm learning new definitions of what those types of relationships should look like or can look like, not should, but can. Well, it's like it's like the concept of body count, which I hate that phrase. But, you know, the the idea of how many partners you've had that straight men are so worried about. Like, you know, if a woman has too many partners, you know, she's just she's worthless, you know. But of course, if a guy has a lot of partners, he's a stud. But if you look at non heteronormative uh, couples, nobody gives a shit. Nobody fucking cares. Yeah. And women don't care how many like women aren't asking a man how many partners have you had either. But women aren't asking other women and men aren't asking other men like gay men don't care. Like it's it's not a thing. It's just a but, but, you know, straight men are using it as some type of capacity to shame. Uh, or, or my theory is that they're just so they, they don't want women who have a lot of partners because they're terrible in bed. And so <laughs> they, I, they don't want to, that. I think um, there's a level of control for their partners yeah. too. Right. So yeah. they can like, like, for example, they can cheat, but we can't like, like in a relationship where a man cheats, if a woman were to do the same thing, he'd leave while she stuck around to see if he was going to do better. Right. Yep. Um, uh, in a lot of relationships that happens. And I think, that that idea of, uh, yeah, you can only have so many partners, um, but I, I can have like 200, um, is that control, is that control piece. She's mine. She belongs mm-hmm. to me. Um, and that just means and to me that that man doesn't know how to do math correctly because that don't even make no fucking sense right. <laughs> as far as women to male ratio <laughs> where you think, we just not out here fucking like, right. Right. like yeah. logic is never their strong suit when they always start never. talking about things like this never ever ever um well we're almost coming up on our hour mark and um and so it's almost uh 420 on the west coast 
we're going to celebrate that a little bit. Um, but we always do uh, what well, we have been doing lately, and the audience seems to love it, is a Would You Rather. Um, I did not bring any cards today, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I have a Would You Rather. I feel like I'm going to have to come up with one on the spot. I was thinking of a really gross one today because, <laughs> because I was listening on the way here to Kansas City. I was listening to a murder podcast about about um if if you guys know about dylan redwine i was listening to a podcast about him about his death and uh i just we got 20 seconds till 420 let's let's get through 420 and um and i'll tell you what i was why i was thinking about this question i'll tell you what the question is but i do not expect anybody to answer it because it's really gross <laughs> <laughs> And I could not answer it myself. So, and it is. It is for her. Her screen went dark. So it's oh, yeah, 420 uh, yeah. on the West Coast. Light them up if you got them. Holla, holla, West Coast. Am I back? You're back. I'm back. Holla, holla. Uh, okay. So happy 420, West Coast. Um, this is gross, you guys. I can't even, I, I can't even <laughs> believe it went in my head. But okay. Let me just give a little backstory is I'll try to keep it short uh, is Mark Redwine is accused of and in, and in prison for uh, murdering his uh, 13 year old son. Um, it was many years ago. I think it's been nine years now since he went missing. He uh, reluctantly flew to see his father for Thanksgiving uh, break uh and and texas mom texas mom said i um, i met up with my dad and then next thing you know nobody can find this kid and they don't find him for i think over well over a year i think they started finding parts uh like four years in anyways they found out that mark Redwine was kind of a disgusting creature um i said before that i am i'm not into kink shaming you do what you do boo boo hey listen Okay, but however, <laughs> so th there there are pictures of him wearing an adult diaper, and then there are pictures of him uh, with said diaper in his mouth, and it is full. Uh, and so then I was like, man, I got to come up with a would you rather for the show today, and then and then I was like, would would you rather, uh, well, I was talking, I was talking to my husband on Marco Polo and I, and I was like, Ooh, this man was gross. This is what he did. And then I came back and I said, it was his own, it was his own shit. Um, and then I said <laughs> in my head, would you rather it be your own shit or somebody else's shit in that diaper that you're putting, I'm sorry. <laughs> they said I threw up in my mouth. Like, yeah, you guys, it's, it's meth. So stay off of drugs. Right. right. Please, <laughs> please first and foremost, stay off of drugs. Yeah, the yeah. little boy found these pictures of his father on the, on, on the computer and uh, started using them as leverage and blackmail. And um, that's, that's really the motive. Um, he didn't want to be around his dad. So he was trying to like, you know, push himself away by being like, if you 
don't let me do this or you don't let me go to my friend's house and whatever. I'm going to show everybody this shit right here, you know? Right. And he was like 13. And so we know with 13 year olds, well, we don't cause we don't have any for a reason. Um, but unfortunately that did not end well for him, but his dad was like a freakazoid. So that's why I came up with that. But that is not the question I want to ask y'all don't answer that question. Please don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> the answer to that question at all i don't want i'm sorry i made you think about it <laughs> but i had to think about it um so uh so let's see i don't know May, now i'm on the spot anybody in the audience got a would you rather do you have a would you rather you like game shows and stuff and trivia i do i do um, I haven't tried to think of one yet, but uh, I can I can come up with one. <laughs> if I had known, I would have definitely. No, I, I should have said. I just you know I was driving and I was like, what do I what do I do? Let I, let's see if we could. Okay, let's let's go with with uh, with a, a little theme here. We already know that you've done uh, a bathtub full of bacon. <laughs> So, how, about, how about this? I've got one. Okay. Would you rather have your nastiest sex tape shown to your grandparents or be forced to watch your grandparents' nastiest sex tape? How do you know the answer to this question? <laughs> how old are my grandparents in this? <laughs> <laughs> this is a they're, good one. They're, this is when they're alive and of mental stability enough to uh, to appreciate what it is you're showing them, or that they get shown by somebody. Uh, audience, go ahead and answer. I am a voyeur at heart, so right. I'm a watch. I'm the same. I'm, I'm a watch. Yep. <laughs> I, I grew up in the '90s. Voyeurism was very popular back then. I am. Yeah. I will watch. I will be like. Grandma's freak. <laughs> and because I feel like too, because I'm, I am so like alert to right. myself that I'm like, you know, like if I make it to, to like grandma age, whatever that is, uh, I hope, I hope it's still working and whatnot. I, I would get down. Yeah. I hope. Well- well, ideally, your grandma. I mean, I think if there's nasty, they might be younger in it too, so it wouldn't even really be yeah. you know, they're going to be old. That's why I was like, "What's that?" Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a lawyer and an exhibitionist, but uh, but I think I would, I think I would watch too. I think that'd be the thing. I'd be like, "I'd I'll watch it." I'd be like watching like this. <laughs> I, I have um, a new new joke I'm working on about uh, discovering that my grandma was a squirter. Um, which uh, the, the, just based on this whole series of events, and so like I think I'm I, I have no, no I'm desensitized to the whole concept. I I I want to hear the joke. <laughs> well, <laughs> the the joke is so I wait until you're ready to release. This so joke well, uh, basically, so the last year I've been a nomad. Um, I left my house in Florida. My landlord sold it out from under me last year, and I've been traveling the country, just staying in places, staying in Airbnbs and stuff for the last year. And the first place I visited was my grandparents' cabin in North Carolina that they've had for years that they no longer visit. My grandmother has passed away years ago. My grandfather's 90. He's never going to go back there. So I was there for six weeks and I was staying in the master bedroom, which was just a, their, their bedroom, like statues of Jesus everywhere. Like it was, it's, oh. you know, it's decorated yes. in old people, Irish Catholic old people. And, um, 
I brought a pictures now. I, 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 yeah. I saw, and I met a date. Uh, I met I met someone on Tinder, and we went out, and then decided to come back to to the plate to the cabin, and and we were um, as we were making out, she warned me that she was a squirter, and I was like, that's that's fine with me, and we go to the bedroom, and she she undersold herself a little bit and i don't think i think maybe she she didn't necessarily expect it but i i would have called her like a fire hose like it was crazy i've never, I've never been with someone like this before but like during foreplay like i my arm was soaked to the elbow like it was it was it was insane and it was incredible but we're having a great time and we have sex and like she's on top and as she's coming she's basically just like the whole bed is just getting soaking wet i can feel it i feel like i'm in a little puddle so then she she leaves um, and I'm like, I can't sleep in this. I'm gonna have to sleep in the couch, but I have to wash all the sheets and try to, you know, get everything ready for so I can use the bed in the morning. So I pull off the, uh, the, the sheet, there's a fitted sheet and I pull that off. And then there's a, you know, of course the, um, underneath the fitted sheet is another flat sheet, which I thought was weird. So I pull that off and then there's one of those egg carton, um, like things to soften the mattress, you know, the, those, and that soak through. So I pull that off and put that in the wash. And then under that is another, like two other flat sheets and then another fitted sheet. And these are soaked through, and then a plastic sheet underneath that. Plastic sheet, right? <laughs> so then I'm doing all the all the laundry and washing all the sheets and getting them in the dryer stuff, and I, you know, and I wake up in the morning and they're all dry, and I'm putting them back on the bed. And I'm like, why are there so many sheets? And the only thing that I can think about is that Grandma was a squirter, and so they had layers of sheets all set up on the bed uh, for whenever they had sex, which was probably a decade earlier was the last time any you know anybody had sex in that bed. And uh, just never changed this, like never took the sheets off. You didn't go to possibly grandma was was pee in the bed because she was in no, 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 no. I went immediately to that. I found out my grandma was that my little Irish Catholic grandma was a squirter. Yes, that's that's where I went with it. Yes. <laughs> oh my god so that's that's the story that's the actual story and so now I'm trying to work on how to uh, how to get it set situated so I can uh, so I can actually uh, I make can, it into I a can't. bed. I cannot wait because that's going to be <laughs> fantastic. Um, yeah. um, I have one more question. And then if MJ, I, she might have, I don't know, but I have one more question. Uh, and that is uh, what, what made you choose your uh, beard color? Oh well, right now it's faded, which I'm not too happy with. I need to touch it up, but um, I I have I've been dying my beard for about four years. I had a girlfriend who uh, had blue hair, and she was redoing her hair, and I was like, "Hey, let's do my beard," and I'd never done it before, so we went through the process, and then I really liked like being able to change up the colors. So I I've I've gone I went full hot pink one time. I've gone um, all types of different colors, like a bright orange, which was really kind of fun. And so yeah, this is just more of a, a kind of like the purple and blue, and now it's become kind of a teal. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, it kind of yeah. looks like um, Charlotte Hornets colors. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't know who that is. That's a the, basketball. Oh, basketball. Team oh, oh, yeah, okay. Basketball. My, sport, my sporting know, knowledge. They... My sporting knowledge is uh, zero. It's a I sports ball that. team. I do. She just said either, but that actually okay. answers. I don't all know if they're questions. even still a team. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's fun. It's just it's a pain in the ass to touch up occasionally because uh, obviously yeah. I have to re bleach it and all that, but. Yeah, you have to bleach it every time. Not every time. Like right now, when I touch it up, I'm just going to add more blue to it, and it'll just yeah. kind of revitalize the blue and purple. But, but if you um, wanted to change it up, yeah, then I'll just re just strip it all down to yellow. Does it basically. hurt to bleach your face? Um, you have to be careful. I have actually given myself some chemical burns sometimes under my under my beard that I didn't notice till after they kind of 
healed and scabbed over, you know, like yeah. and then you I was do brushing it yourself. Yeah. You, you do everything you're on. Oh your yeah. Own. Everything myself. Yeah. So I just have to be careful not to leave it on too long and not to have it, uh, you know, have make sure it's not like up against my skin, but that it's all in the hair being put and I p- kind of pull it out and everything too. Cool. Cool. But otherwise, yeah, it, it's not bad. Um, I lied. I have one more question and that yes. is, uh, where can we find you? Well, you can find me on TikTok at Adam Avitable. And um, then I'm also a photographer. My photographer's on Instagram at Avitable. And that's where everything else is, is just my last name. For some reason, TikTok, I use my first name and last name. I don't know why. Um, I do have two podcasts you can find, Dating Kind of Sucks, where we talk about this type of stuff all the time. And um, then I also have a true crime podcast um, that's called Angel at the Starlight Motel. And it is about a, uh, it's about a stripper that I went on a date with who ended up... Um, going to prison for murdering her boss as to the manager of a strip club yeah she's serving two life sentences now and um i got in the in the wake of this happening this guy who was obsessed with her wrote a book uh, declaring her innocence and he sent me a copy of this book it's a private book it's not published and he's insane he's like an insane sociopath and he's obsessed with her and thinks that she was framed and so i read her read his book chapter by chapter and i do commentary on the on the reading of the chapters and um, so we're on season three of it now. And actually, uh, the season three, my co-host for the commentary is now the stripper's sister. Her sister has joined me. And um, her name is Mandy. Mandy's sister has joined me. Yeah. So um, uh, I'm going to need definitely. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look at it. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's called yeah. Angel at the Starlight Motel. And it's a, it's it's insane. It's an insane story. And I, that's why I became, turned into a podcast. Because like when I got oh, this book. Oh, you know what I'm listening to, to for 13 hours tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, MJ, did you have any other questions? I, I feel like I always over talk. <laughs> no, the beard question, like, that was my, I was going to ask, like, first time you ever did it, like, favorite color, like, I would, the beard thing was, because I was looking at your, uh, your, your website and just checking out the different, uh, your, your, your Insta and everything, too. Oh, yeah, so, the Insta, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. every time I do a new beard color, I usually do, like, a TikTok reveal, a transition video with the new colors and stuff like that, because it's just an easy, uh, easy karma points. Awesome. Yeah, basically. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate you coming through. Yeah, this um, was a blast. Happy, happy Pride. Um, thank you for shedding some light on uh, that male toxicity that you uh, go after. Um, we really appreciate it. I Anytime. mean, like, totally appreciate it. And I'm, I'm glad that it's not just, uh, you know, the whites. I know it's the majority, but I know, I'm glad it's not just whites this man. You know, some people have a platform and they stick to it and then they don't deviate. But like you really call everybody out and that's what we're about, too. So we really appreciate that. And um, we're going to always support you. We'll send um, our our few followers that we have. We'll send them over to check you out. And uh, can you just give us your tagline um, just because we need to hear it? I wish I had set up the photo behind me. I would have, I see always behind me, but we could pretend that there's a photo of me naked in a bathtub of bacon. And I can be like, and this is bacon. I love it. It's beautiful. (laughs) Thanks for coming on and have a wonderful day. Thank you. All right. Here's the best. That's amazing. I can't wait to go check out his podcast. Um, I do have our our um, our pride uh, you know moments if we want to. Yeah, let's hit those real quick before we roll out of this. Um. I am starving. My stomach is like, <laughs> I want to eat. And 
I have no food. Like, I have no food in my house, so I gotta, like, go get food. Um, all right, so our, my first uh, one today, we have James Baldwin, um, and I went ahead, because the sentences didn't even highlight him at all, so I went ahead and uh, Wikipedia'd him. Um, <coughs> he um, was an American writer and activist, uh, born in 1924 and uh, died in 1987, but he was a writer and um, garnered acclaimed across various mediums, uh, including essays, novels, plays, and poems. His first no novel, Go Tell It on the Mountain, was published in um, 1953, and decades later, Time Magazine included the novel on the list of the 150 best English language novels um, released from 1923 to 2005. Um, his first essay collection, Notes of a Native Son, was published in 1955. Um, the Wikipedia goes on to talk about, you know, of course, all of his accomplish accomplishments, but... Um, he really, uh, his works were fictionalized and fundamental personal questions. So he took uh, basically things that he experienced and uh, turned them into stories for people to associate with. Um, he was talking about, uh, you know, being gay, being black, uh, you know, race, class, everything uh, in 1956 in his, uh, you know, before all of the whole movement, you know, before the gay liberation movement began. So. Um, check out his Wikipedia. That's James Baldwin. And um, yeah. And then the next uh, we have. Um, I just want to say, I, I'm just um, pulling him up right now. And um, I just want to say that he, uh, he like was, I mean, he spoke out hard. He didn't even like care what people, how people were going to, you know, I mean, maybe he did, but he like he really did um, speak like speak truth to power. Like he was really a hardcore activist for himself and for his community. This is just I just pulled it up on so you guys could take a look at some pictures. Um, but, yeah, definitely go check out the Wikipedia page very interesting gentleman and very outspoken for what he believed in. And that's amazing. Yeah, films based on his writings. Um, you know, and yeah, just. So. Um, and then I did not uh, Google more, but I was going to. Um, so Janet Mock, um, Mock came out publicly as trans in 2011 and has been writing about the trans experience and a variety of other topics um, for many outlets. Her book, Redefining Realness, um, is a New York, best, New York Times bestseller. Um, and so I'm gonna click on her. What was, what was her last name? Mock, M-O-C-K. And, and, and her first name is Janice. Janet. Janet, that's. I thought you said Janice. That's who I pulled up, actually. And I love her dress in this picture that I'm looking at. It's a beautiful green dress. She's beautiful. I just pulled, I just wanted to pull up the pictures so that our audience could see who we're talking about and can just go look her up and read more about her. But this is Janet Mock. Um, you've probably seen her, even if you didn't know what her name is. Um, yeah, so definitely go take take a look at some of uh, 
her writing and um, she also is um, a director. She's an advocate for, um, for her community. And um, yeah, amazing. Um, and we will check out our Facebook page. Uh, we'll have the full um, article we'll put those up. for all to view. Um, and then again, you can go read more about each individual. Yeah, we'll put that stuff up there for you guys. We'll uh, be able to access it quickly. I apologize for being a little bit... Uh, <laughs> little out of it today. I kept feeling like I was losing my train of thought a little bit on while we were on the show. Uh, but I've been on the road for a minute. I haven't been home since last Wednesday. Um, and then I don't think I'm getting home till either tomorrow or the next day. So girl, see what the road brings. Um, this show is uh, brought to you by Queen Kitty Seltzers. As always, solo.to slash Queen Kitty Seltzer is where you can find all of our social uh, information. And we'll be putting the website up there soon. We're working on that right now. Uh, Queen Kitty Seltzer, pop this kitty, put it in your mouth. You know, you love it. Um, Lady. Our King Palm code still works. KPTCCP May 15, 15% off of King Palms on the King Palm website. And as always, CQ LLC Cannabis Consulting and Education, www.cq LLC.com. Customer service, CQ LLC at gmail.com, 970 426 CQ LLC has recently been approved to do responsible vendor training in the state of Colorado. By the uh, MED, it's all been approved, our whole curriculum. Uh, you can learn more information by checking out our website or giving me a call at 970-426-5985. And that's it. That's all we got. That's all she wrote. You got anything else? No. I. Um... We're working on our lineup for next week. Um, I did not contact that person in the email yet. I apologize. That's okay. <laughs> it's, been a day. it's been a day. Um, yeah. So you guys have a wonderful day. Make sure that you, uh, be nice to yourself. Be nice to yourself. Put your mask on before assisting others. Yes. Uh, cultivate love, bring it to you. You deserve it. Yeah. And stay lifted, everybody. Stay lifted. I got to repack. Did you deserve that too? Yes. <laughs> stay we'll see safe. you on Monday. Yes. We'll see you on Monday. I'll be back home on Monday. I'm so excited. Thanks for hanging out with us today, you guys. Go check out Adam on his websites. We're going to make sure those links are on our Facebook page. So Avitable. A V I T A V L E. Avitable. Avitable. Sounds like a superhero. It is. does. It does. And it means uh, it, it, I did look up the meaning of habitable to see if it was something else. And it said it's adjacent to like habitab- habitable, habitable. See, he's habitable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys on Monday. Uh, thanks for hanging out. And uh, and thanks for loving us. Yay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love 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 you.